Good morning! Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. This morning's episode is titled, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. It shall be focused on a study of Mark chapter 16. Before we go any further, we begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for this command that we hear you admonishing your disciples, telling them to go through all the world and preach the gospel. Father, we thank thee to know that even us, we've been given that order too. And help us to go forth boldly proclaiming the wonderful gospel of peace that brings salvation. And we thank thee, Lord, for your word. And we pray may it be a come alive in our hearts and in our souls. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Mark chapter 16. Chapter 16 And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulchre at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulchre? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment. And they were affrighted. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, as he said unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulchre, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. After that, he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the residue. Neither believed they them. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen.
Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, Go Tell. This was preached in 1960 on April the 17th in the morning. We'll begin at paragraph 37 up to paragraph 67, and then we'll begin at paragraph 108 up to paragraph 194. I trust you find it to be a blessing. I would like to take a text from two words. Go tell. You know, it doesn't do much good to go if you haven't got something to tell. I think that's been a whole lot of the trouble of today. We go to tell, we go, but have nothing to tell. Nothing of any benefit. Nothing that would help people. But if we will follow the instructions as these disciples who got the commission, we have the same commission. Go tell my disciples that I am risen from the dead. Go tell it. Then he says, go preach it and show these signs that I am alive from the dead. What a message. Go tell and go show my disciples these things that you have seen that I am not dead, but risen from the dead. In the morning message this morning, we found that every one of us has a little ash heaps of troubles and trials that we sit perched upon sometime waiting for the comfort. We found that the great patriarch Job got a vision because they hadn't had an Easter yet, but he saw 4,000 years away this morning. He saw 4,000 years away on Easter and screamed out in his distress, I know my Redeemer liveth. The last days he'll stand on the earth. Though as the skin worms destroyed this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Now, after the Easter, we find that God gave man a commission. Go tell, and if you do tell, this will follow you. Go and tell. Now, it doesn't do no good, as I have said, to go, to go unless you've got something to tell. And if you've got the wrong message to tell, then it won't do any good. You've got to tell what is the secret. Some time ago, I was reading in a book of a little boy that was entered a contest. And in this contest, he was to make himself a famous name. Any little boy who could keep the password in his mind till he got to a certain place and he would speak this password and the gatekeeper would let him through. That was to test the IQ of the child. And when he got to the place speaking the passwords that was given him, the gate would open and he would win a great honor. One little boy being very swift-footed 
and knowed good and well that he could outrun all the rest of the boys in the contest, or he thought he could. He practiced day after day of running. How he pumped up his little lungs, got his physical body in trim, so that he wouldn't tire as he ran. And he practiced how to start with his feet and get a head plunge ahead of the rest of the boys. And how that he must breathe during the time of his running in order to hold the oxygen that came to his body to keep him pumping on. That it wouldn't slow up his heart too much. He studied it from every angle that he could. And in the morning that the race started, there was more than 150 little boys lined up at a certain age. This little boy was rather a good-sized boy for his age. And he remembered all of his training. And he got ready. They got on the line, put their little faces against the, the strain that come along, pushed their little nose up against it. He studied all the rules of that, making himself ready. And then when the gun fired and the line was broken, the little boy jumped forward and this little guy so physically fit until he jumped way ahead of the rest of them. And down the track he went with a terrific speed, well trained until he could outrun every boy that was in the race. And he was there, oh, quite a long time, maybe a minute or more before the best of the other runners ever reached the place. But all of his physical training, he had forgotten the password. He had forgotten the very thing that he was to say to let him in the gate. And he paced back and forth and stalled it, searched to his mind. He had been so interested in the natural natural physical conditions of his body till he had forgotten the main thing. On down the line, some boys that didn't run so fast remembered the password and entered in. So is it today. We are so interested in building great shrines and churches and buildings and so forth. And so interested in keeping our churches in good trim with fine buildings and nice plush pews and fine organs. Our ministers so well trained from, they've got doctor, DL, PhD, LLD degrees. But we forgot what we're running for. That's the trouble. Go tell my disciples that I have raised from the dead and I'll meet them in Galilee. We forgot the key word. We've been so busy with other things, making big churches, building big denominations, till we forgot the key word. Many lives have been saved because of preparation for oncoming events. Some time ago, I was told that in Florida, the newsman, the weather bureau sent out a newscast that there was a great storm coming and one man was a poultry raiser and 
he went to his neighbor and told him that the storm was coming, he ignored it and said nonsense. And he just kept on. He never put up his chickens. He never went into the dugout. He never made any arrangements. And his neighbor did make the arrangements. But all of the one who did not take the warning, all of his chickens was blown away and killed. His house was torn down. His stock was lost. He was sent to the hospital. All because he did not take heed and warning. He knew the message was given, but he failed to take heed to the message. That's the way it's come today with many of our people, with many of our churches. We know that the Bible teaches that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know that the Bible teaches, Jesus said in St. John 14, 12, He that believeth on me, though at the works that I do shall he do also. Greater works than this shall he do because I go to the Father. Now we've been interested in other things. Not taking warning. Not taking heed. We have run. But not taking heed to the message. We've gone but didn't know what to tell when we get there. A few days ago. When the churches of this world, when the Christian churches was brought to a shame and a disgrace, when the honorable and notable and God-fearing servant, Billy Graham, was brought face to face with the Bible, he had run but had forgotten the message. When that Mohammedan stood to his face and told him, if this be the Word of God, let's see you make it manifest. He had run well. Great revivals. Great things. But when it come to the place, he had, didn't have the message. I am risen from the dead. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Running. Physically. Find churches. Many members, great denominations, but that's not the keynote. Watch what followed. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Go, but didn't know what to tell. God never sent a man lest he give him something to say. God always confirms his words. Going, but not able to tell when you get there. No matter how big your revivals are, how big your church is, or how much your denomination predominates the others, if you haven't got something to tell them, what have you got but a bunch of people gathered together like a lodge? We got a message to tell the world. Jesus is alive. He's not dead. Taking heed to the message. In this great nation that we now are thankful for, the United States of America. All of its chaos, and all of its vulgar, all of its bad points, still it's the greatest nation in the world. And in the beginning, because it was set out right, it hasn't packed the message. Many years ago, when it was in its infancy, a story comes to my mind. 
that the British was going to take the commonwealth of this nation. There had been a group of men that had assembled themselves together and was on duty watching. And there was a horse stood hitched and a rider ready to mount at any minute. First thing he got was a sign that the British was coming. And he straddled his horse. What good would it do him to spur his horse? What good it would him to beat the horse and try to make his way from that church to Boston? What good would it have done him if he didn't have a message to tell the people? How would they know to prepare themselves? Our modern Paul Revere's has run well, but they're just running. There's no message. The hourly chair, a crisis is on. A world is at the end. Churches has met their climax. Nations has met their climax. Human life has met its climax. Science has met its climax. We've organized and made big churches. Polish our preachers and physically set them together that they know how to use their verbs and adverbs and their uh, sounds and, and all their vowels and everything just right in psychology to contact the people. But that wasn't what Jesus said. Amen. In my name they shall yeah. cast out devils. They shall speak with new yeah. tongues. If a deadly serpent would bite them, it wouldn't harm them. Amen. If they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. The world needs a messenger Amen. with a message to tell something. Yeah. Know where the message come from and who it come from. Paul Revere, as he got on his horse, a gallant man, a man that's in history as long as there's a nation to be history of, he made that notable ride from the church steps with a message that alarmed everyone from the poorest to the richest, from the farmer to the businessman. The British are coming. And the Minutemen made themselves ready for an attack. And this great nation was saved. If this heritage of God if this people that God died for, if this church that's called by His name is ever to be saved, we've got to have a messenger with a message from the throne to meet the challenge of this day. There's a Goliath. But God will surely have a David somewhere. We got to meet the contact. We got to have a we got to have a message. We're going but with nothing to say. It proves it when we come to a place that a nation or a people that denies Jesus Christ to be the Son of God and stands in the face of our most challenging ministers of the day. And then in our great uh, church league, finding some thirty communists packing papers for 20 or 30 years that they're members of the Communistic Party. And our United Churches, what can we do? It shows they have run without a message. 
selling out the very birthrights of the nation, selling out the regular birthrights of the church. It all has come to a showdown. It's come to a place that the little church that's believed the message and stood on both feet with their eyes centered to the cross and their heart the resurrection of Jesus Christ burning. It's come to a place where the nations has got to recognize it. Yes. It's to a showdown. No wonder that the churches, when the council of churches is so honeycombed with communistic, no wonder they can't believe in the supernatural. No wonder they can't believe in divine healing. They don't have any message in their heart no matter how hard they're running. If the Holy Ghost comes into a man's heart, he'll believe that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. And he's alive in him to do and to do the will that he come to do. To will the will of God through the man's life. But the trouble, we run, we go without a message. We go with theology. We go with some kind of a church interpretation of the scriptures. We've got to go with the resurrection. Amen. Go tell my disciples that I'll organize a new church. No, sir. Go tell my disciples that I'm risen from the dead as I said I would be. That's the message to the church this morning. That Jesus is not dead. He's alive and just as great and powerful today as he ever was. A few days ago talking to the great Dr. Lama who translated the Bible from the Aramaic unto English. I've seen that little sign, God's sign on there with three little dots in it. I said, Dr. Lama, what is that? He said, it's God with three attributes. And I said, you mean God living in three offices such as Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? He raised and looked at me. Tears come in that Jew's eyes. He said, do you believe that, Brother Branham? I said, with all that's in my heart. He threw his arms around me and said, I wondered when I seen that great things going forth and the signs that you were doing. So they told me you was a prophet. I didn't believe it till now. Now I know you are. He said, that's it. That's the message. That's the thing that will shake the kingdom of God. He said, someday you'll die for it, boy. He said, you'll seal your testimony with that very same thing. One of the greatest men we got when Eisenhower and great man of the world, Hollywood, all kinds of movie stars, everything, calling for him, but hung right there in the meeting. He said, I have been 30 some odd years getting this translation, not from the Vatican Greek, but from the Aramaic, right straight from that, from the Aramaic into the, the English. And he said, I've spent all that time. and said, I have just now walked into the place where I see God of the Bible moving. Yeah. He said, you know, Brother Branham, we can see signs and wonders, but we watch what voice the sign has. We Jews, we see a sign, but we watch the voice of the sign. Yes. Amen. Oh, Amen. God told Moses if they won't hear the voice, the voice of the first sign, then they'll hear the voice of the second sign. Amen. Yes. Not so much the sign, but the voice went with it. Yes. See that Jew? He knows what he was talking about. He said, I've seen discernments. I've seen signs, wonders, the blind being made well, all kinds of different signs, but I wondered. But now I see the voice behind yes. it. I'll not cut God in three parts and saying He's Amen. one God, the Father, and next to the Son. He says, God is God. Yes. Three attributes of yes. God. Amen. Three offices of God. Yes. So that confirms it. Yes. Oh, brother, we got a message. Yes. Go tell my disciples. Yes. 
I wasn't one that died and another one's pretty near dead and the other's alive. I am he that was, which is and shall come. The root of offspring of David, Amen. the bright and morning star. Yes. What good does it do go do to go if you haven't got something to tell? Got something to tell. That's right. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, loves you all. He died for you all. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. How many has ever been in the meetings and see the great signs and wonders of his, of his appearance, of how he discerns and shows? and things? That's the God of heaven who's raised from the dead. You ought to see the sign of the Hebrew sign of it. It's a light, like a pillar of fire. And in there are three little marks. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, which was not three persons. Amen. It was one God Amen. living in three offices. Amen. The same God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God above you. God with you. God in you. Amen. The same condescending himself, cleaning out his church that he might live. When you cut him to pieces and put one out here and one over here, one there, it's pagan as it can be. Yes, it I believe the resurrection Amen. of Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Amen. And he was the only man who could say that all powers in heavens and earth is given unto my hands. Amen. All powers of heavens and earth is given unto my hand. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The gospel came not in word only, but through power and demonstrations of the Amen. Holy Ghost. God help you to believe that. God help me to believe that. And we'll see Jesus someday. When the toils of life is over, we shall see Jesus at last. On his beautiful throne, he will welcome me home after the day is through. <laughs> The sands has been washed in the footprints of that stranger from Galilee shore. They killed him because he made himself God. And he was God. They hung him because he died under capital punishment. That's the reason I don't believe in capital punishment. Jesus died under the, the punishment of capital punishment from the federal government of Rome. The capital punishment is hanging on a cross. He died under capital punishment. The, stripped his clothes off of him and hung there and disgraced him and he died in that condition. But God raised him up on the third day. We are his witnesses. And if we don't stand for him, who is going to stand for him? A man met me the other day and said, Oh, Brother Brandon, what you tell? You quit telling. You, you hurt women's feelings about them wearing short hair and about them doing this and doing that and so forth like that. I said, If I don't tell them, who's going to tell them? Who's going to tell it? Say, will you make them preachers angry? I'd rather have them angry at me than him. Yes. It's the truth. Amen. That's right. Amen. Like, who's going to tell it? Somebody's got to tell it. Jesus said, go tell. Yes. Go and tell. Tell our disciples that I have risen from the dead. Oh, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Do you believe that, friends? Amen. Let us pray as we bow our heads now for prayer. Oh, Father God, truly go tell, go tell my disciples that I have raised from the dead. Father God, not only did you tell your disciples, but you proved to them you was raised from the dead. You showed yourself with them and done just exactly the way you did before you died. Nineteen hundred years has come and gone, Lord. The message still burns. It's just as bright and burning in our hearts today as it was them disciples. For we see the risen Lord right in our midst doing the things that He did before. We know that He is raised from the dead. Easter means much to us because we have 
joined in and enjoying the fellowship of his resurrection. For we are once dead in sin and trespasses like the prodigal son. But now we have found grace and God has forgiven us of our sins. He has also given us a seal like he did Father Abraham to confirm that he has accepted us. Father Abraham said he believed God, but he gave him the seal of circumcision as a confirmation that he did believe him. Now, Father, today we are circumcised by the Holy Ghost. All the things of the world has passed away. We have one objective, serve you. We have one desire, love you, be your disciple. And now, Lord, I pray that you'll confirm this little broken up message to every heart. Let them not miss it. Let them see that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. That you are here, raised from the dead, and will be until the, the Spirit and the body unites together again at the second coming. I pray for the sick that you are, Father, this morning. I have now on this Easter morning laid aside, or not laid aside, but just laid by for a moment of time the gifts that thou hast given me, such as discernment, the world, I've been back and forth across the nations, Lord. They all know it. Now I pray that the message that you gave me up here in the woods that a few days ago, that on the creative power which sets in this church this morning, the very people it was created on, I pray, God, as I come to lay my hands on the sick this morning with my brethren here, that you'll fall on this church this morning with mercy and that you'll heal the people that there won't be one feeble person in our midst when the service is over. May every one of them be blessed and be healed. We realize, Lord, it's nothing we can work ourselves up to. It's simple, childlike faith, believing. We can see the disciples, after they were given power to heal the sick, they went forth and was defeated on an epileptic case, screaming and crying, perhaps, and jumping up and down and trying to make that devil leave. But when he met Jesus, oh, how different. He said, Thou evil spirit, come out of him. What a difference. Oh, he noted that wasn't an apostle. That was the Lord himself. And the spirit tore the boy and threw him on the ground. But Jesus said, He's not dead. Just take him up and give him some food. The evil spirit had left. Oh, Jesus, thou son of God. Come again. Anoint your church freely, fully, powerfully. May the spirit of the living, resurrected Jesus resurrect this little church this morning into a new faith. Amen. Power. Power of faith that we might put every gainsayer to shame. Grant it, Lord, committing all these people to you, asking that you will bless them and give them salvation to their souls, healing to their bodies. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and with our heads bowed, I'm going to ask the question, is there someone here that's not a Christian would like to be remembered now and say, pray for me, Brother Branham. God bless you there. Someone else? I'm not a Christian. I've heard the news that Jesus raised from the dead, but really I don't know it. He's never raised in my heart. I have no satisfaction. I'm sick too. I'll go through a prayer line, come back, go through another, and come back, go through another. I'll go from church to church and place to place. That's not it. It's believing Him. He raised from the dead. That settles it. Someone else would raise your hand say, God bless you. God bless you. Someone else, I want to believe. I want to believe. How many sick in here raise your hand and say, I want to believe. I want to know the message this morning. God bless you. That's fine. Yes, God bless you, son. Good. 
All right. Now, Teddy, I want you to play the great position just a minute, if you will. Now he's near. While you're doing that, that's hard right now. Visions are breaking all over the building. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to let this be a resurrection a little higher, a little higher from the from the ash heap I have set on. I want a little more of a revelation. I know one thing, as long as I hold on to that first ministry, the second won't come. It didn't come. Now, as long as I hold on to the second, the third won't come. See, I've got to step right out. Step out and believe it. God said so. A few days ago, now you can raise your heads now if you wish to. I got your hands. God got them. I want to tell you a little something. Brother Ed Dalton, I believe he just come in the door. Fine Baptist brother, him and his wife. Brother Jeffries is here somewhere. Uh, Otho Jeffries. And, is he here? I know he's here somewhere. However, them brother had formed a meeting for me to go to down in Kentucky. Brethren, precious brothers, loving their neighborhood and their peoples. They got auditoriums and armory buildings and things just for one night service, said rented armories. Little J.T. Hoover, everybody's L.G. Hoover, everybody, had formed one down in Elizabethtown. Brother Ed Dalton over at Willow Shade or, or Somerset. Somerset. Brother, the other brother was down around Glasgow where I was born at. People in there where I was born and raised where the angel of the Lord first appeared to me. Now I wanted to go back. But I felt a little nudge. And I said, well, for the brethren's sake, I'll set the meeting. As soon as I arrived in this valley, my throat closed right up and I didn't speak for nine days. Till the meetings pass by. Brother Ruddle, he may be here this morning too. One of the brothers in this tabernacle. Him and Junie Jackson uh, and them. I suppose I have a meeting for him. And the meet, my throat just closed up. And the first thing you know, I took a fever of about 105. And I was going to the meeting first. And, um, and Doc Sheen said to me, I said, my throat is hoarse. He said, I'll give you something. to loosen up them larynx and you go ahead and preach. And I took something they gave me. And what it was, they pulled that sinus down and blocked it. Then I laid in the bed for nine days with this a high burning fever. Many of my brethren here come to me. Many famous brothers come prayed for me. Here come Brother Grim Snelling. Here come Brother Ruddle. All these brothers here all gathered in praying and everything else. Me praying, trying my best. Couldn't even whisper. I wonder what's it all about. My lovely little wife sitting there, her and them praying for me. Just kept on staying just the same. They couldn't understand. Now he'd give me some medicine to take, but I didn't take it because it was dope. And then I just let it go. And I just kept thinking, Lord, surely. And then after the meetings is all over, on a Monday, that was last meeting was supposed to be on Saturday. And then, I believe in that on Monday, I tried to get up. I was so weak, I couldn't go through the room. I sat down. You know, I'm so thankful for a God-given wife. Aren't you, brethren, a real wife, a real companion? I sat down. I motioned to her and got her over close to me. I said, meeting. Sometimes I wonder, I said, I wonder what's the matter. I said, why would them meetings be there and God let me lay like this? I said, why was it? And I said, sometimes I wonder if he even called me. She said, ain't you ashamed of yourself? And she told me, said, Bill, don't you know that God knows what he's doing with you? Just, just be quiet. And so I went in, that kind of rebuked me a little, you know. So I went in, laid down on the bed. She come in to change the sheets and She'd got the, the things on her arm. And when she started out, I looked 
And there was a, I seen an old, a great big armory building that the sun had shined down and bursted out on the ground. Brought it to pieces, the sun shining down from heaven. And there come three women and a man come up and they had all like little bitty, uh, like little, some kind of little shooting guns, like, and they said, that drives nails. And said, we, you hold these pieces up, Brother Branham, and we'll build this armory back up for you. And I said, all right, I'll do that. But something said, don't do it. Well, I reached down to get a piece like this to build it up, like this. And just then a voice spoke to me and said, now, they're on the road to get you to go back. Don't you believe it. Said, they're ever so sincere, and they're coming to you with, thus saith the Lord. But they're wrong. See? Fred Softman, many of them here, was right there, and I told them about it. In less than an hour, the people drove right up to my door. I said, these three women and a man, that's exactly right. They come with, thus saith the Lord. Yes, sir. They, I said, of course, you know what to tell them. Sincerely wrong. See? Fine people, but sincerely wrong. See? Then I thought, well, what can I do? What must I do? And then Meaty come in and she gone back and Brother Freddie went and told the people. And then after a while, I was in there on the, uh, on the bed and I thought, why does it happen that way? Why can't I speak? Why can't I talk to somebody or something? And I was laying there and Meaty come in and was going back out of the room. And I looked and I seen something make a flicker over to one side. And I looked and there was this, my wall opened up. And I've seen Jesus. How many of you ever heard me say it? I've seen Jesus twice in my life in a vision. And I believed I would see him again before the end times. See? see him again. Now, I looked, and the skies was right out there. It just looked like I looked through the wall. And there was the Bible standing right like this. Great big Bible standing in the sky. Well, there's something got light around the Bible. And out of the Bible come a real pretty golden cross. And it stood out like this, and the light's coming from all around it. And out of that cross he walked. The Bible reflected the cross, the cross reflected him. And he come walking out and walked right down to where it was at. I can see it just as plain. I see the, that cross reflecting his hair standing there, hung down over his face. He looked down at me like that. And he said to me, You are waiting for your new ministry to be confirmed to you. He said, I've already confirmed it to you. It's already confirmed. You've got to accept it. And I didn't listen to him just a minute. It come into my mind. I didn't hear that. It just come into my mind like a man that he's been a sinner all of his life. And he knows there's a Bible, knows there's a God. But all at once he hears a sermon. Then something tells him, it's you. Then that same word's been there all the time, yet it's confirmed to him. Then he says, Lord, forgive me. But it won't do no good until he accepts his salvation. Then he goes out as a Christian. No matter how much he cries, how much he begs, he's got to accept it. And the, the, he said to me then, you've got to accept it the same way. You've got to believe it. I'm afraid of defeat. Anything I'm afraid of, I'll bring a reproach. I'm always afraid of it. Watching, think I'll call the wrong thing. Because I've tucked warning of the Bible, how that Moses is given great power, and he smote the rock instead of speaking to it. I remember Elijah, because he went bald-headed, and little children teasing him about being bald-headed, he put a curse on those children, and 42 of them was killed by bears. See? Now, it wasn't the Holy Spirit, but it, that prophet angered. And I, I went through all the things coming to that. And there he stood talking to me. And he said, but you walk with too many. He said, to walk with me, you walk alone. I'd seen that. I've been catering too much to denominations and everything, you see. Somebody trying to tell you what to do and what not to do. 
You got to follow him. Amen. Now remember the vision that he gave me about the fishies, you know, and how that you couldn't teach supernatural science to Pentecostal babies, you remember. There it was, and I'm right at the brim of this new message. No more than the vision left me. I said, Amen, Lord. And my wife is standing there almost fainted. And I jumped up out of the bed. I could talk as good as I ever did. Just in a second, every bit of the fever left me. I called up Doc Sheena. I said, like for you to look at me. He said, what? And I come over there. And he looked at me, looked through those signs and said, tell me what happened, Brother Brown. <laughs> I said, you believe my story? He said, how could I doubt it? It's happened. That's it. See, that's it, friends. God knows how to hold you on an ash heap. He knows how to do something for you until he can get the message over to you, see, to get to do something. Today, I don't know how much defeat. I went in not long ago and was listening to a radio broadcast. There's a minister preaching on the resurrection from 1 Corinthians 15. And he was preaching the resurrection. And he stopped right in the middle of his sermon. And he said, you know, so many people are afraid of defeat. He said, when General Patton lost a bunch of soldiers, said then they told him, he sent back and he wanted some more. And they sent him up some more. He got them killed. And he sent for some more. And when he got them third bunch up there, said every time a bullet would whine, they'd run out of tin or run out of something they're scared. He said, send me up man, not kids. He said, I want man that's ready to die. I don't want somebody who's afraid to die. If the cause we're fighting for is not worthy to die for, then keep them away from me. I want man. He said, but you've lost two or three battles. He said, I haven't lost a war. I've just lost a battle. Something spoke in my heart. I remember Eisenhower said, when I throwed a bullet, it commanded, and they throwed a shell in the gun, they pulled it off, and it was a fizzle. It didn't work. He said, I didn't quit and surrender. I pulled the bullet out and put another one in. Tried it. If it didn't work, I put another one in. Until one did work. That's the way it's got to be done. I don't know how it'll be, but God is my judge over this pulpit. I don't know how many fizzles and how many, how many battles I'll lose, but I'll not lose the war. He told me he'd be with me. I'll stand till I see that ministry confirmed and sit in operation. I begin this morning by the grace of God. I don't know where to work here, where to work somewhere else, how to work or what will take place, but I'll walk right down prayer lines praying for the sick until I do know what's happening. I've seen it happen two or three times. I've seen it happen in Hattie's house. How many ever heard the story about the squirrels and about the girl, the uh, woman, the first person in all since we know since the days of the disciples was ever given the privilege to say, ask what you will when you're there. Did you ever hear the story? Did you ever see the woman? How many never seen her and what would like to see the woman that happened on? Hattie, would you stand up? There's the lady. Standing in her house after I'd seen eight squirrels that wasn't absolutely none around anywhere and just speak the word and there they'd be standing there. That's true. Amen. That's, there they were. And I said, what made them squirrels come there sitting at her table? And her mother, Sister Wright, here's Brother Wright was sitting there. How many was at the table? How many showed this morning? Raise up your hand. Well, there they are all around the building. All right, they were there. And I said, someday, their little crippled sister sitting there. I said, it has to come by vision and so forth, but someday it'll come different. It's talking like that all at once. Something anointed that. Leave it to these people. I never felt such an anointing. Why? Because Hattie said the right thing. I said, where did them squirrels come from? There was none there, not even a place for them. Just like on a telephone pole out there. I've seen it happen eight straight times. 
And I said, I don't know where it come from. I said, the only thing I know, that God tried to confirm a message to Abraham one time, and he spoke a ram into existence because he needed a ram Amen. to confirm it. It must have been that I needed a squirrel to speak mine. And he did it eight straight times. Or seven straight times, rather. Seven straight times. And I said, and Hattie, maybe not knowing what the woman is saying, look how it bypassed the rich and the haughty. Look how it bypassed everything you come to, a poor little old country woman there. And I had $20 in my pocket to give back to the woman that she had pledged $50 on this new church coming up. And I don't say this to embarrass her. She couldn't afford 50 cents really to give it. But her heart and the message, she wanted to. Brother Neville, I believe, had accepted. Wouldn't take the rest of it. Just let her give $20 of it. And I had two $10 bills in my pocket meeting give me for groceries. And I said, I'm going to give it back to her today. Then I thought something spoke to me. Said Jesus seen that widow putting in her three pennies, and he never took it back from her. He let her go on because he had something greater down the road. Little did I know he's speaking to me the same way of a widow woman. No husband, her husband is killed. Neither did I know that was the same one. But I said, then I'll just keep the twenty dollars. You have something else for. Her. I said, the only thing I know that Jehovah is still Jehovah Jireh. He's able to provide a sacrifice. Had he not known what she is saying, raised up and said, That's nothing but the truth, Brother Branham. Oh, my. That was the right thing to say. That was the right thing to say. About that time, the power of God struck that place. I never felt such anointing. When it did, I said, Hattie, thus saith the Lord, Ask what you will. I don't care what it is. God has given me the authority to give you your heart's desire right now. If you ask for a million dollars, you can have it. Ask for that little crippled girl to get up and walk. She can have it. Ask for anything. I she said, what shall I ask, Brother Branham? I said, anything that you wish for. Thus saith the Lord. Oh, what a feeling. She looked around. There said her aged gray-headed daddy that had been brought back from the dead almost. There said her aged mother, sickly. There said her little crippled sister. But she chose just what was right. She had two teenage boys. Just in that age of reckless, her precious husband gone on to glory. She was a Christian waiting, but the boys wasn't a Christian. She said, the souls of my two boys. God bless her heart. I said, thus saith the Lord, you have them. And here they are baptized into the faith. Just tell me the other night, even that little bitty boy washing feet in there, putting his hands over on Brother Neville's head and praying for him one of his washing feet. The two little boys are probably sitting here in a meeting somewhere this morning. Are they, Hattie? Are they here with you? And back in the back. Where are you, boys? Raise up your hands. Where's the two boys? There they are standing back in the back. God bless you. All right. There you are. Now what happened? That same thing, no matter what should have happened, what should have asked, she could have had it. She could have got it. Now I'm wanting to see that happen. It's going to be the attitude of the people towards the message. See how she said it? She said just the right thing. It's what you say that does it. What you say. Look at the Syrophian woman when she come to Jesus. She said, Lord, my daughter is seriously vexed with the devil. Thou son of David, come heal her. He said, it's not meat for me to take the children's bread and give it to you dogs. What if he'd have said that to some of us? We'd say, call me a dog. Huh, was nothing to him anyhow. The big church is right. He ain't nothing but a holy roller. He's nothing but a Beelzebub. We'd have had that attitude, but not her. She said, it's true, Lord. You're exactly right. 
but the dogs are willing to eat the scraps under the children's table. That got him. He said, for this saying, the devil left your daughter. For this saying. It's your attitude, friends. Did not he say it? You've got to believe it, friends. You Don't believe me. I'm a man. But you believe what I'm telling you. Believe the message. If you don't believe the messenger, believe the message. Amen. If a man walked in the room there at the telegram, no matter who, the, what the man looked like or who he was, big or little, you believe what's on the telegram, not the man. God sent me to tell you. I have a message. God sent me to tell you that he's risen from the dead, that he's here this morning. He's proved it by signs and wonders that he's here. And each one of you can be healed of your sickness if you'll just take the right attitude as you come. As you get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, you said, Father, if we were not ashamed of thee, you would not be ashamed of us before your Father. And we pray, give us the boldness that we might go forth and proclaim the gospel of peace, which is the power unto salvation. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, we'd really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. Lord, I'll go if I have to go by myself. Have to go by myself. Lord, I'll go if I have to go by myself. Have to go by myself. Whoa.